listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Wow, good to see you all. Come on, we're going to get into this. This is the last of the series of Detox. Who's enjoyed this series, Detox? And I hope Sunday really helped. Who's been doing not all day, but every day? Who's been applying that this week? And it's life-changing in principle, just every day acknowledging God and just to say thank you. Well, tonight I want to talk about toxic relationships. We've talked about toxic thoughts. We've talked about toxic words, behaviors, just all these things. And I I just thought, what better to end than talking about relationships? Because that's where every one of us are. We all are involved in relationships. We have friends. We have people around us. So really what I want to answer along with some other things tonight is this. How can I love unhealthy people without getting sick. Come on, how can I love unhealthy people? Because we know we're in the world and we've got to love people, but how can I do that but yet not find myself contaminated and sick? Why? Because I believe toxic relationships, or really relationships, can be the worst toxic influence that you will face in your life. I mean, really, the worst toxic influence that you can face in your life. I love this quote from George Washington. Anyone know him? I think he was a president in this nation or something. George Washington said, Associate with men of good quality if you esteem your own reputation, for it is better to be alone than in bad company. And there's so much truth there. If you esteem, if you value your reputation and who you are, you've got to watch because the people who you are around will determine the type of person that you are. And relationships and people around us can be a great blessing too. I'm so thankful for the right relationships that I have. But they can also be extremely difficult. Family, friends, co-workers can be life-giving. They can be loving. They can be inspiring or they can be life-draining, hateful, and depressing. So here's a question I want to ask you all tonight. How does your circle of friends look? They say you can tell a lot about someone by the company that they keep. What does your circle of friendships say about your life? How does it look? Because I'm telling you, again, listen to me, the people closest to you will hands down be your greatest spiritual asset or your worst spiritual curse. They can either take you closer to God and help you in your relationship or they can corrupt your good intentions 
and rob you from the blessings that God wants to pour into each and every one of your lives. I read this today and I thought, how cool is this? It's not cool, but it's good. It's what we need to hear. Listen, after you've swam in their poisonous presence, they leave you sitting in a puddle of sewage, nursing a corroded soul. Let me say that again. The wrong people, after they have left you, they leave you swimming in their poisonous presence. They leave you sitting in a pool of sewage, nursing a corrupted soul. So who you spend time with matters. Come on, look at your neighbor and say it matters. Come on, who you associate with. And while it's true that others can't control you, a lot of people say, well, I'm my own boss. I can be wherever I want. I can do what no one controls me. That may be true that no one controls you, but it's also true that others can really influence you. I said they can influence you and they do influence you. And if the majority of your closest relationships that you're in are people living a life away from God, more than not, they will bring you down long before you will ever bring them up. So think about that. Consider that. I've got a scripture for you. I give this scripture a lot to my kids. I love this scripture. So much truth in this verse. So simple, but yet so truthful. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You can be as good as you think you are, but watch out because the wrong person, the wrong people can pull you down. I like how the NIV version says this. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come on, help me out. How does Paul begin that verse? Don't be deceived. Don't be misled. Why? Because he knows the power (coughs) excuse me, that toxic influences can have on each and every one of our lives. We can think, well, we're good. I can handle it. And the truth is this, probably to begin with, you are good. You can handle it. Everything is okay. But you know what those relationships will do to you? They will keep wearing away at you. Because here's the process. If you're taking notes today, write this down. Here's the process. First, we're misled. That's what the Bible says. Secondly, we tolerate. We accept it. We tolerate it. And then the third thing is this. Then we are corrupted. Starts by being misled. Then we begin to tolerate, accept, oh, I can't change. Okay, that's fine. Almost a neutral area. But then we are left corrupted inside. And we've got to, you know, it's something that's so hard to see in the midst of real life relationships. Oh, they're not harmful. That's just my friend. But we've got to open our eyes today and see because we're going to give you some good examples tonight how relationships went the wrong way. Come on, instead of being the influence that you were, I wonder how many could testify tonight of how you were sucked down and sucked in so quickly. And how does the enemy do it? The same way every time, little by little, a little at a time. Because if he gave it all in one go, we would see it. But he just gives a little, little, little here, there. 
And Paul addresses this with Timothy, like his spiritual son. He says these words in 2 Timothy 2, 16 and 17. He says, shun profane and idle babblings. One translation says, watch for godless character. People who are not showing godly character, godless character, stay away, shun those things. For they will increase to what? More ungodliness. They're going to take you further the wrong direction. Verse 17, and their message will spread like cancer. And then Paul actually mentions two people. And he says they are those type of people. I wonder who could be the people right now that you could name to that verse that are what? Spreading like a cancer. One translation, the NIV actually says this, that they are gangrene, that they are literally like gangrene. If you would look at gangrene, and we don't know much of it now, but it used to be prevalent in in wartime and just different things, and it starts with just the smallest sore, just a slight infection. But then what happens is the blood stops flowing to that infected part of the body and then that part begins to rot. There's no life. There's no flow in it. So it begins to rot. And daily it will be eating away and decay more and more. And the stench and the filth involved in that, that's the description that Paul is given to the type of wrong friends that want to suck the life out of you to leave you stanky, Come on now. To leave you screwed up and messed up. That's not a pretty picture. So how do I identify? I'm going to give you two parts of this message today. We're going to talk about identifying toxic behaviors. How do I see that in relationships, in people? How do I recognize that? We're going to give you three of those. And at the end, we're going to help you out by how you can stay healthy, how you can love other people even though they themselves are unhealthy. So are you ready? Let's go on a journey tonight. Here's the first type of toxic person. The chronic critic. The chronic critic. Anyone know one of those? Those who can find fault in absolutely everything. It's too hot. No, it's too cold. It's too wet. No, it's too dry. It's too windy. Man, I wish there was a wind. They're too friendly. They were unfriendly. Church is too dull and boring. Church is too live. And come on, anyone know someone like that? Those type of people will wear on you really quick because they'll begin to drag you down by their negativity. They're the type of person you see them coming and you run a mile. They're the type of people you thank God for call or ID. Do I hear an amen? Huh? That's the type. Why? Because you know exactly what they're going to say before they even say it. Some people have the spiritual gift of encouragement. Come on, they have the ungodly gift of complaining. It's like a gift to them. And we see this happening with the children of Israel in the Word of God. We see it over and over again. You know, God miraculously delivers them out of bondage, takes them out of Egypt miraculously. It gives them a promise of a land flowing with milk and honey. 
opens a Red Sea so they can cross past and Pharaoh's army is swallowed up. Wow, victory after victory on their way to blessing. Yet what? They disobey God. So they find themselves in a wilderness. But yet God still miraculously takes care of them. I think that's so powerful that God still miraculously takes care of them. But over 14 times, I believe it is in the scripture, you'll read something like this. They murmured and they complained. And here's what they said. If only we were back in Egypt, at least we had food to eat in Egypt. My God, you were in bondage. You were a slave. You were told what to do, when to do and how to do it. And if it wasn't done quick enough, you were beat for it. Oh, but if only we were back. God had to struggle over and over with them. Come on, we've got to watch the chronic critic because they'll pull down even the most positive soul eventually. Here's the second one. The controller. The controller. Those who are overbearing. Those who force their opinion and their way on you. At first, it may be small and it may be insignificant. You know, you just end up going to their favorite restaurant. You go to see the movie that they want. But if you don't watch out, it's not long before they're choosing your college. They're choosing your friends. They're choosing your future and they're choosing your career. Controllers may have good intentions, but their darts are poisonous. So you've got the critic You've got the controller, and the last one is the tempter. The tempter. Those who encourage you to do things you know you shouldn't do, and you normally wouldn't even want to do. Maybe it's a boyfriend who's pushing you to do things sexually, although you've made it clear that you want to save yourself for marriage. Maybe it's someone that says, just a couple of drinks, it's not going to hurt you. Just try this hit. You're not going to be hooked. It will make you feel better. Oh, go after material things. Push. Just the temptation of that relationship through that person influencing your life. It's like the old picture of the stick with a carrot on the end. Anyone remember that? And you're leading someone. And that's the key. It's a carrot on the end of a stick that will be leading you wherever it wants to take you. Come on, it's taking you somewhere that you don't even realize. Well, I, I can handle it. I'm my own person. Listen, you've got to watch the influences that are speaking into your life because you're going to have a weak moment. You're going to have a time where you're not so strong as perhaps you are right now. And that's why you don't need to be around a tempter who has exactly what you need in the wrong time. Come on now. So you've got to watch those things. So the controller, the critic, and the tempter. So how can I protect my life? Pastor, how can I stop their toxic influence from dumping on me? How can we love unhealthy people without getting sick? Come on, without being sick. So I want to give you three ways tonight. And I I really pray this will really help you. 
when I, when I was studying this, I was like, man, that was so practical, but yet so good. And I pray it will help every one of you because there are critics, controllers, and tempters out there that want to be your best friend. And you've got to do something about that. And we're going to give you three things that you can do tonight. Number one, are you ready? You can build a fence. Come on, say with me, build a fence. What am I talking about? You can begin to set healthy boundaries around your life. What does a properly positioned fence do? Two things. It keeps the bad out and it keeps the good in. So proper boundaries can help us enjoy the good people around us by keeping the bad people at a distance. You know that Jesus had a fence around him. You know that Jesus had boundaries around him. Some people can look and say, that's not true. Jesus loved everyone. Yes, he did. Jesus did love everyone. But he loved them from his side of the fence. Because look at this statement. Jesus loved everyone equally, but he didn't treat everyone equally. It's a big difference. How many times have you heard people say, oh, you're a Christian. You're supposed to love everyone and you're supposed to accept everyone. And you're spo-. No, no, no. That's not what Christianity is about. You love everyone, but you love them from your side of the fence. You can still and must have a proper defined boundary around your life. So let me show you the big difference. Jesus went out and recruited how many people to be around him? Twelve, twelve disciples. He didn't go after a hundred. He didn't go after twelve hundred, twelve thousand. He just went over after twelve. Those twelve were called part of his inner circle. Okay? Jesus loved everyone unconditionally, but he guarded who he allowed up close to him. Do you see the picture? And he actually, out of that twelve, had another three, which was the closest circle that he allowed closer to him. Look at the life of Jesus. When he was with his disciples, he sat and he hung out and he talked and he chatted and and they could just have a good time together. But when he was around the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he had to make his boundaries explicitly clear. He put them in their place. When they tried to shove their agenda on him, the stronger he built the boundaries, for what reason? He refused to allow them to change who he was and his mission to the world. Listen to me today. You've got to refuse to allow people negatively to change who you are. And how do you do that? Build a fence around yourself. I didn't say a wall because a wall will stop everything. Come on, I'm talking about building a fence around. Because even with Peter, here's one of the ones who was the closest three to Jesus. You know, Jesus one day had to say to him, get behind me, Satan. Come on. Look what he said. Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. The boundaries, do you see? How Jesus had to call him out. Because Peter said, you don't have to go. You don't have to die. And he said, listen, get behind. Why? Because Peter was trying to sway him from the mission that God had called him to do. That's tough words right there if you're being called Satan. That's not just a a small insult. That was a major insult. 
It's coming from the master. Tough words. Why? Because defined boundaries. You and I must be willing to set up boundaries so we can be stronger and better, so we can minister to other people. You see, we get it so wrong. We think we have to go into their world to save them. The reality is this. We set up our world. We build a stronger us and bless us. And then God can allow us to be a more effective minister from where? Our side of the fence, not the other side of the fence. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding today. So how do we establish those boundaries? Let me give you two ways. Number one, you've got to tell people. Don't just expect them to know that. You've got to tell people. What, what am I talking about? You've got to tell some people, hey, listen, I'm not going to allow you to treat me that way any longer. You don't have to run for your life. You don't have to call everyone crazy. Instead, you just need to talk to people plainly. Let me give you an example. If someone's gossiping to you, set up a fence and say, hey, I'm not going to participate in that any longer. I don't want to hear that and hold your ground. Don't give up your position. Draw a line in the sand and don't let people cross it. Express your standards and stand and stay true. Tell people. Here's the second thing. Explain to people. Explain to people what? I'm not going there with you anymore. I'm just not going to. That's what I used to do. That's not who I am anymore. And just say no. So for so many times, we think we've got to write an essay to let everyone know everything. No is just as much as an answer as anything else. Just lay it out there. Don't let people push you into doing what you don't want to do. Build a fence. It's important for your future and will show you the importance of loving some people from a distance. Did you hear me? Some people you have to love from a distance. You've got to for your own protection. You've got to love them from the distance. But you can still love them. Love doesn't mean you've got to hug someone. Love means you protect yourself. And then you can still love them from a distance. Here's the second one. Are you ready? Sometimes you've got to take drastic measures. Drastic measures. That means you've got to cut some people off. You've got to get rid of them. Sometimes this is required in order to preserve your own relational health. It's your life. You've got to start taking control of it. And when I say taking control of your life, I don't mean from God but I mean from the toxic influences that are around you. I'm just trusting God and God's going to take care of me. Oh, God will take care of you, but he has also given you the ability to take care of yourself. You want God to remove something that you have the power to hang up on yourself. You want God to take something that you can delete from your Facebook. You want God to take something where God has given us. And we've got to start following this because here's where I believe you need to start. Start with the fence. That's, that's step one. Set boundaries. <clears throat> Set boundaries for people. But, but if there's those that when you're trying to establish healthy boundaries, 
and they continue to abuse and criticize and threaten and tempt and harm you, it's time not to set boundaries, but it's time to cut them off. Listen to me, it's time to get rid of them. I was reading a story today about someone who had a cat that was run over and they were able to save its life, but the doctor said, I'm worried about its leg, it's, it's limp, it, it, it's lifeless, it can never move, and it's infected right now, and I'm worried if the infection grows. The best thing I can suggest for your cat to live a healthy life is to have one of its legs removed. They made a decision, remove its leg, called the cat tripod. No, they wanted to, but three-legged cat <laughs> lived a healthy life. But you know what? They didn't want to run the risk of something infecting and destroying their life. Sometimes we think we can't live without it. I want to tell you tonight, maybe you can't live with it. Maybe you can't live with it. And that's what you've got to begin to see. And that's what you've got to begin to understand. Because the right thing to do is to sever the wrong relationships in order to protect yourself. Now, let me, let me make this very clear today. I'm not talking about giving a license for someone to divorce their spouse. That's not what I'm talking about today. Just because you're going through difficult times, well, pastor said, man, I've set the boundaries, and now I'm just cutting you off. <laughs> pastor didn't say that. Come on, we have abilities to help you here. Get counsel and get the help that you need. Pray, but here's what I would say. You change. You change. It's amazing how many people come in my office and want their spouse to change. And then you ask that spouse who needs to change. Everyone's pointing the finger at everyone else. Start changing yourself and watch what God will do. There are actually several references in the Bible about relationships that were cut off. If you're reading through our daily Bible reading, I think it was either today or yesterday, we were talking about the dispute that Paul and Barnabas had. Remember, he wanted to take John Mark, and Paul says, no, he left us before. Barnabas took, John, um, 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 Barnabas took Mark, and Paul took Silas, I believe it was. And that's how the story went with that. So what did they do? They didn't go to court. They didn't have a big drug out fight and include everyone into their business. They just said, if we're not going to agree, let's just separate. You go your way and I'll go my way. There's another example in the Old Testament. God tells his people not to marry people who follow false gods. You can read it in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Don't have anything to do with them. Separate yourself from them. Don't just set a boundary. Remove yourself from it. In the New Testament, we see this in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. The Bible says what? It says, as believers, we're not to be yoked or joined together with an unbeliever. So what do we do? Come out from amongst them and be separate, the Bible says. And I know this causes confusion with a lot of people because I can see some of your minds right now. So, Pastor, you're saying if they don't love God and they're not saved, I can't have a relationship with them? I'm not saying that. You can have a relationship with people who don't know Christ. But here's what you've got to watch. You've got to watch because if they begin to undermine your faith and hurt you spiritually, then you need to say no more. 
You've got to guard your heart. I remember someone came to me and said, Pastor, how, how, how can we engage with other people? Because I know you want us to go out and win people to Christ. But how do we know? And, and I said to him, simple. If you find yourself compromising in your walk, then that friendship is going too far. Because at the moment you find yourself vulnerable in any situation, you could be in danger. So watch that and be careful with that. Because you see, when you change and they don't, watch out. Come on, as you begin to digress and they're not coming up, you've got to start watching out. Joseph is another great example. In the Word of God, such a faithful guy. And one day, he's in Potiphar's house. Potiphar is in charge of him. Joseph now is the head of the house. Joseph is doing everything. The house is being blessed. Everything is great until one day, Potiphar's wife wants Joseph. He's in her presence. She seizes the opportunity as she grabs his cloak, his clothes, and Joseph has to leave them in her hands As he flees from her room, the Bible says, and he runs out. Look what she said to him, lie with me. I'd never seen it like this before, but look how that's written. Lie with me. L-I-E. Come on. The enemy wants you to lay down with him. The enemy wants you just to say everything is okay. That was the problem with Samson. He was lulled to sleep on the lap of the enemy. And he thought he could control it, but you cannot control it. Lie with me. The lie the enemy wants to tell each and every one of our lives. But notice what Joseph did. He didn't stick around and pray with her. He didn't share his faith. Here's a great opportunity. You obviously need Jesus. I have Jesus. Let me share. He got out and he took a drastic measure. She was gangrene and he cut her off. And I'm telling you right now, the Bible says and everything that Joseph did was blessed. Oh, he was thrown back into prison as a result of it, but he prospered and God was with him. And that's the secret for every one of our lives, to make sure that God is with us, that God is with us in everything we do. So who or what are you perhaps humoring tonight that needs to be cut off? Well, if I let them go, they're not going to be in church. If I let them go, then they're not going to read their Bible. They're going to leave God. Listen, you ain't their salvation. I hate to break it to you. You ain't their salvation. You can only go so far. I said you can present them with the truth and if they ain't going to accept it, you cannot be the truth for them. And sometimes you need to cut them off and don't allow them to manipulate you into saying without you, I'll be nothing. Listen, they were obviously something before they found you and they're going to make it without you. They're not going to make it so good because you're the best thing. Amen. But deep down, if you know you're playing with fire, it's time to exit the building. Exit the building. And number three, some of us need to redefine. Redefine. Some of you perhaps have recently come out of a sinful lifestyle, let me put it that way. 
and accepted Christ in your life. Now, what's your heart? Your heart is, I want to help my friends who are lost. I want to help my friends who were where I was. But here's the unfortunate truth. Your previous crowd could hurt your new life more than you can perhaps help their old life. Let me say that again. Your previous crowd could perhaps hurt your new life more than you can help their old life. Let me show you what I mean by that. You've seen this illustration before. John, can you come up here and help me? Is that cool? Come on, John. Quickly, John. One, two, three. John, John, John. There he is in the house. John, 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 John. John, John, John. Stand up on that stage, mate, can you? Stand up on that stage. John's an incredible Christian. Absolutely loves God. Wears Christian T-shirts that says God's greater than money. He loves it. He rocks the spiritual. Has a Bible the big as most people's coffee table. He is the super spiritual guy. But guess what? John wants to come out and win me to Christ. I'm bad influence. I'm doing everything wrong. So what's John trying to do? John is trying to lift me up. John, help me out. Help a brother. John's trying to lift me up to his level. But notice something. He's kind of struggling a little. Oh, but he's so super spiritual. He prays every day and he loves Jesus. But notice this, how much he struggles to lift me to his level, but how easy it is for me to pull him to mine. Thanks, John. And you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Because some of those relationships that you were in now need to be redefined. Because you're not the same person that you once was. Come on. Christian experience. You're a new creation. You're a brand new man. That means you're a new person. So therefore, the old persons and the old friendships and the old hangouts and the old people, you need to start redefining your life from now a saved position. You need to move some people outside of the fence. And for some other people, you need to cut them off. Let me say that again. You need to move some now outside of the fence. And others you need to just cut off. God has changed you. But God is the only change that can change them. You can say to people, I I, I can support you. I'm going to pray for you. I will take you to church. But I ain't going to be your designated driver anymore. I'm not going to go to those places. I'm redefining my life. The decisions I'm making, I'm setting boundaries, I'm setting good things, I'm cutting people off. Oh, I'm loving everyone, but I'm now doing it from a healthy position. Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. You've got to choose your friends carefully. I know what it's like with my kids. Kids today, and and I'm sure it was our time too, everyone's their best friend. Well, that's my my new best friend every day. That's my new best friend. Got a new best friend. And I've said this so many times to them, they ain't your best friend. 
They're just maybe a friend. But think about the levels of friendship there are. There's your BFF, your best friends. Then there's your friends. And then there's teammates or acquaintances or people you kind of hang out with. And then there's another group, the no friends, you know, (laughs) people who don't need to be your friends. But maybe for some of you, you need to take that best friend and just put them down into a friend. Maybe friends need to now become an acquaintance. Hey, if I see you, hey, that's good, but we ain't hanging out anymore. Not because I'm ever better than you. Listen, not because I'm better than you. Because here's why, and I want you to hear this, because if you don't hear this part, you could mistake and misunderstand almost this whole message tonight. Are you ready? Here's why. Why do we need to do this? Why do I need to identify the toxic relationships and see people for who they really are? Why do I need to set boundaries, cut some people off, and redefine the friendships that are around me? Here's why. Because even though... I'm supposed to love everyone. I've got to do it from a healthy state. Jesus separated himself and boxed out the religious leaders so he could know God, fulfill his purpose, and show other people his love. If you have to distance yourself It's to protect yourself so you can first be spiritually strong. So secondly, you can know God more intimately. And thirdly, then you can begin to share His love. Most of us get saved and want to share God's love and we're not doing it from a healthy, strong position because we hardly know God. We hardly have a clue about God. We've got no strength. We just want to... And that's one of the ways that Satan pulls us back into our old life by giving us a desire to win them all to Christ because he knows they're going to probably win us back to the old way more than we're going to win them to Christ. So if you want to, look at this statement. If we want to bring God's healing and love to a world of sick people, we must be spiritually healthy first. You've got to be healthy first. You've got to be healthy first. And you may say, well, pastor, how and when do I know that? You'll know when you're spiritually healthy. And if you're still questioning it, (laughs) you're not there yet. But that's okay. That's okay. If you're sick, you can't help someone else who's sick. You've got to be whole, healed, restored, strong. Listen to me. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Now I'm saved. I've got to save all of my friends. That time will come. But right now you need to work on saving yourself. And listen to me, staying saved, building your relationship, redefining boundaries, relationships, people, cutting people. You've got a lot of housework to be doing right now without trying to save the whole world. And by the way, God didn't call you to save the whole world. God called you to save yourself first. And oh, we're to be a light in darkness. Believe me, I know that. We are to be a light. But first, we've got to be a light. 
Because God didn't call us to be darkness. He called us to be a light to darkness. So come on, you've got to expose those relationships. You've got to build a fence. You've got to cut them off. And you've got to re- redefine some relationships. That's the message for you tonight. That's the message. That's the message. And you know why every one of you clapped tonight? You know why you clapped? Because you know there's a toxic relationship in your life that needs to be dealt with. Come on, come on, that's the truth. You're you're saying amen, there's stuff. Listen to this. I'm going to take it one step further. Maybe you're a toxic relationship for someone. Maybe you're the one that everyone's thinking they're a controller, they're the tempter, they're the critic. Maybe you're that. And the Bible says, woe to him who causes one to stumble. The Bible says it would be better if a rock, a millstone was tied around your neck and you were thrown into an ocean than causing someone else to stumble. That's why we've got to get it right, guys. And the only way we can get it right is to be right, to be right, to be right. Just bow your heads all over this place right now. God's speaking to hearts right now. Come on, don't delay. Some of you need to be a Joseph tonight. Some of you need to run for your life. Quit trying to evangelize and lay hands on something you've got no business to be in the presence of. You need to get out. Some of you are in a controlling situation. You, you need to take control back of your life. Some of you are in a tempting situation. You've got to isolate yourself. You're just going to have to say to some of those friends, listen, I love you, but I'm struggling right now and you ain't going to be able to take me where I need to go. Come on, you've got to be honest. You can't take me where I need to go. And if you can't take me where I need to go, listen, you don't belong in my future. You belong in my past. And I love you and I'm going to love you. But my love for you cannot allow me to be destroyed in the process. Because in loving you, I've got to be strong. I've got to be strong. I wonder what it is tonight. I wonder what it is that God's just pinpointing in your life. Who it is. Some of you need to send a text, maybe before you even read this church and say, hey, our relationship is done. It's over. I, I just can't keep doing this. You're pulling me down. You're dragging me down. Oh, you're going to hear, oh, you think you're better than me? Huh. Well, can we just say it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I am better than that. Huh? I am better than that. You better believe you're better than that. You're a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, God doesn't want us to be elevated and prideful and saying I'm the best, but you've got to start seeing value in yourself because that's exactly who you are. You ain't a piece of trash. You're something that God died for and He gave His life for. He's got a whole lot invested in you and your future. You've got to start seeing that. 
God to start seeing that. I, I just want to find a place to pray. Find a place to pray, wherever it may be right now. Come on, just make a move, whatever it is. If it's just to get on your knees, to turn around in your chair, to stand up, to come to the front, whatever it is, walk around, whatever. Come on, I think every one of us needs to respond somehow tonight to this message. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.